Outliers in Education is brought to you by CEE, the Center for Educational Effectiveness. Better data, better decisions, better schools. To find out more, visit effectiveness.org. In education, you've got to keep up with the latest acronyms. And two of the biggest ones right now are SEL and DEI. Today, we're going to be joined by one of the best in this acronym-laden world to explore not only the meaning of those, but how they overlap right now on Outliers in Education. That's what we're all about, in letting our kids be successful. If you want to achieve something, then surround yourself with the people you want to become. Because kids are kids in small districts, rural districts, urban, kids are kids. Welcome, friends, back to another episode of Outliers in Education. I'm coming to you from CEE, the Center for Educational Effectiveness. I'm Eric Price, and I'm here to explore best practices in education with educators who are doing it the best. So if you have to be an educator, as so many of our listeners are, then it's pretty likely you know the meaning of those acronyms you threw out at the top of the show. But I say we put my partner in podcasting, Mr. Eric Bowles, on the spot. Bowles, can you tell me what SEL and DEI stand for? You know I can, EP. Uh, SEL, (laughs) Social Emotional Learning, and DEI. Thank you very much. DEI, diversity, equity, and inclusion. 100%. Um, and, I, hey, I, I appreciate the formative assessment. Another topic mm. for another day. Mm-hmm. Um, bottom line, really important right now. We've known for a long time. We reach all the way back to a psychologist like Maslow that really taking care of the human being is a precursor for effective learning. For whatever reason, kind of lost our way in education maybe over the last 20 years in that regard across both the state and the country. Um, And we also see in our outlier study, those schools in Washington state that have just made incredible progress over five consecutive years um, are implementing both social emotional learning and diversity, equity, inclusion really well. And what does that mean? It means that we're using practical strategies, both at the classroom level and at the principal level to ensure that all kids and each kid is reached. Do, do you see in some of that uh, that outlier study? Are you are they using the exact same kinds of things? What what is it that they have in common? I, I think what they have in common is a relentless family atmosphere, a deep caring of each other at every level, uh, from superintendent to principal, from principal to teachers, from teachers uh, to teachers, and then ultimately teachers to students as well as caring deeply for the community. So why that manifests itself in different forms and fashions at different levels, it's that real consistent thread of deep caring, uh, manifesting in practical strategies that really uh, help all people who are involved in the education system that makes that ultimate difference. Perfect. Thank you for that perspective. And now we've got Dr. Greg Benner. He's coming to us all the way from Tuscaloosa, Alabama. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, he's been on the leading edge of research around these topics, both SEL and DEI. Uh, Dr. Benner is the Helen and Pat O'Sullivan Professor at the University of Alabama. He's the co-founder of Tacoma Whole Child Initiative. He was a PBIS Network President's Award recipient. He's actually an internationally celebrated speaker and author. Dr. Greg Benner, welcome to the show. Great to be here. Well, we're going to dive right in, Dr. Benner. And uh, the first thing is just really uh, why have you dedicated so much of your career to SEL and why do you think it's so important? Was there something that really drove you to this place? 
I'd say it's, it's really a calling for me. I, I really feel that way. I feel like it's something in me that I, I have a, that's a purpose. It's something I've got to do. And I will tell you, just to be honest, I, I'm, I grew up in Portland, Oregon. I know the theme of Portland is to you know, keep Portland weird. I've always been a different thinker. I, I, I've operated differently, I think, than other people. And we're all unique. That's something we should celebrate. And that's what DEI is all about, celebrating our identities. And But I was always a student that, that learned very differently. And I struggled academically. I struggled behaviorally. Uh, I felt very marginalized, honestly, in my K-12 experience. I wish it wasn't that way. So I'd say that's a driver for me that I want to create systems of support, just like uh, Eric Bowles just shared, where, where all youth are understood and are able to reach their full potential. And to do that, we have to uh, re- redesign how we operate in our systems in schools and outside of schools. So, Greg, tell us about how SEL practices are taking hold and maybe some of the barriers and hurdles to, to seeing that implementation the way you'd like to see it if you could design it for the entire United States. Yeah, absolutely. I will tell you, I'm, I'm, the glass is more than half full here. I mean, this is our moment as a country, as a, as a world, uh, to, to, and we have more and more interest in social and emotional learning. And it's not just for uh, youth, it's for adults as well. We all need more SEL, or in other words, in sometimes adult language, we call it emotional intelligence or EQ. And there's a lot of books. Uh, we, you know, I'm sure in your library behind you, uh, Eric Price, you might have a couple books from Stephen R. Covey or Strengths Finder or, or authors that have invested a lot of time and effort into helping adults uh, develop their leadership potential, their character, their SEL or emotional intelligence. And uh, so now's the moment and we're still in the midst of a pandemic. And this is a time where SEL becomes more and more important. Our relationships with one another, our ability to make responsible decisions, to become more self-aware, to self-manage. These, uh, I think we're all learning that, that what matters most in life and uh, we want to develop those traits, uh, not only develop great scholars, but develop great people. And that's not just true with our youth, but uh, us adults as well. And the second part of your question, I think the biggest barrier uh, to implementation is really just um, having a why, a purpose. I think all of us adults need to, to have a, we, old habits are hard to break, so to speak. And isn't that the truth? And, and having a purpose or a reason to try on new things like SEL strategies, uh, that's one of the things I spend a lot of time is helping adults get that purpose or why, that calling in their heart to actually try something new. Uh, because SEL is does require some adjustments to how we treat one another and how we interact with one another and how I treat myself as well. Uh, you know, we should be kind to ourselves. So, but that changes some habits, doesn't it? And old habits are hard to break. So, so talking about some of those good habits, Dr. Benner, when we look back at some of the outlier study, we noticed that uh, some of these SEL um, behaviors or techniques were more prevalent in the elementary than we saw in the secondary. Do you have a kind of a gut feeling about why that might be? Well, that's a good question. Uh, you know, I think... Um, um, I think uh, implementation of, uh, of a lot of a lot of things in middle secondary schools can be challenging. I think one of the mistakes we truly make is that it's too adult focused, middle secondary, and not enough youth focused. And I think one of the uh, the factors I've seen to be most effective is that when youth own it, when they are the drivers of the culture alongside staff, because it's, it's the staff, the professionals there, they're getting paid, of course, to to create an optimal learning environment, uh, to use things that work. But if we have the youth lead change and and promote SEL and teach SEL, and uh, I know this is hard to hear for us adults, but uh, 
uh, a, a youth will listen to another youth more than they will listen to us more often than not. And uh, so if we can have youth be the exemplars, youth be the role models, and that's true at elementary as well, um, but it, it becomes more important, I guess, as we progress uh, into middle high school. But I think that's a really important feature. I also think it's uh, a lot of times middle secondary are, we're content teachers. You know, my job is to teach social studies or English language arts or uh, science. I may not view myself as a person that is also teaching social and emotional learning skills and infuses those SEL skills. So uh, I think that's another barrier, I think, mentally. And sometimes, like I mentioned a moment ago, old habits are hard to break and, and helping staff see that, wow, if I actually promote these SEL skills while I teach science, I'm going to have more engagement and I'm going to have less stress and I'm going to build my competence and the competence of, of the youth I serve. And that's a win all the way around. So um, that's what I try to spend a lot of time doing. And it's honestly, once I get in front of folks uh, and work with them, they, they get it and they're excited and they just, just give them one simple thing to do. And then one more simple thing, one more simple thing. And then they're on their, they're on the, the path. Uh, the journey of a thousand miles begins with the first step. So, tell us about a student, a youth that you know whose life was transformed by a caring adult implementing some of these strategies, or or tell us about an old dog, a, a teacher, a principal that uh, came from that kind of hanging by the toenails mentality uh, th that came around to a, a, a different approach that ultimately transformed the life for multiple youth. I'll tell you one is a, a personal story, and I, uh, you, as you may know, I was at the University of Washington for 15 years from 2003 to about uh, 2018, and I love the Northwest. I also love the South and people of the Deep South, but uh, I get a chance to work in a lot of schools. And um, one opportunity I had was to, to uh, a school district called me and said, hey, we, we, we have this, this fourth grader and uh, he blows out, he's violent, he bullies. Um, we don't know what to do. You know, we, we've tried this strategy, that strategy, we're, we're at our wits end. And I think there's a lot of buildings and there's, a, there's probably a youth like that in every school. And uh, the, the student that, and like our conversation today, it, it tends to be marginalized and excluded, pushed away. And that diversity, equity, inclusion is that I in, in DEI is so important to pull that youth in and include even, even our youth that are suffering most. Uh, they need us most. And so I learned a big lesson because I visited this school and I, I, I did the way I was taught in in my studies as I followed the student around, I took data, I observed, I observed how they interacted and antecedents, behavior consequences and applied behavior analysis. And I, I followed this youth around for, for three days. And, um, and at the end of three days, I said, hey, you, do you have a minute? And I pulled the student aside and, and I said, hey, uh, you might've noticed I've been kind of uh, around and following you a little bit. And he goes, oh, I know, I know, I know you've been following me. It's like, well, I probably, I, I, th I knew you kind of knew I was following you. And I just have a question for you, uh, just a, a simple question. Uh, what, you know, how can I help you? What is it you need? And, uh, and it was a pause for probably, I don't know, it seemed like, it seemed like an hour, but it was probably more like 10 seconds or so. And in kid time, that's a long time, you know, <laughs> but uh, he pauses for about 10 seconds and he, he kind of lifts his head up like this and he says, look, I just want to learn to read, you know, and um, and I learned an important lesson there where sometimes underneath that behavior, underneath the violence they were seeing, underneath that that child that was uh, just combative sometimes with adults and power struggling all day long and exhausting everyone around them was a child that was trying to communicate something. And, and what he was trying to communicate is a need 
and the need to read. And it made me realize that there's a story behind the behavior, that all behavior is communication and there's strengths in every child. And this student has, has significant strengths. And, um, so, and our job was to see those strengths, build this child up and get, get the students the skills he needs. And he's dyslexic. He needs, to, he needs a different way of learning to read. We provided that. And that gap between he and his peers started to close. And as that gap started to close, his confidence built and his leadership in the school started to emerge. And uh, he wrote a story, actually. At the time, uh, my oldest son was about four years old. And so he wrote a story for my oldest son, Owen, called The Dinosaur That Drove a Dump Truck. And I still have a copy of it. And it was, it's illustrated and it's my favorite story in the world. And uh, so that's one I'll always remember. So Yeah, that's awesome. So you, you bring in this other part that these kids aren't in a vacuum. And we've heard you talk about SEL not just being for students. How, how does this SEL thinking translate for the educators as well? Well, and I'll tell you, it's educators, but it's also us parents out there. It's all of us that, all of us, every all means all y'all, like we say in the South here. And that's the truth. You know, this is something we all need. We're in a pandemic. We need well-being. We're concerned about our own wellness. Uh, and wellness is not just physical wellness. It's emotional wellness. And uh, how are we doing? And uh, we may not know the pathway to become well emotionally and socially well. And um, so... Um, uh, you know, I would say that, uh, that I, I say it like this, you know, uh, for an adult, you know, do you want less stress? You know, do you want, um, better well-being? Do you want to feel less burnout? Do you want to feel less exhausted? And that's the same questions I would talk to as a, a parent, a, a, a dad or a mom or a grandma, grandpa. Do, do you, would you like to lower that stress down? Would you like to have, feel less burnout, exhausted? Cause it can really wear on you day after day after day. Uh, interacting with youth and sometimes getting into arguments and, hey, please take out that garbage. You know, I'm, a, I'm not asking you again, please take it out. And then we end up getting into a, a, a disagreement that escalates up and uh, none of us like that at all. And so there, there's better ways to interact uh, with our youth. And sometimes we don't know what we don't know. And we've been taught sometimes by those around us, including our own parents, a certain way of operating. And it may not be the best way. And uh, it's important for us to, hey, let's try on one new strategy. And, uh, and if we try on one strategy, let's see the impact on our stress and our wellness and our level of burnout and exhaustion and see if, see if we can feel healthier. So are you saying that if, if an educator uses some of these SEL techniques, that they will actually have less stress in their life as well, that that will give them well-being? Yes, sir. And, and we found that those impacts are really quick. So I know we're very concerned about youth outcomes, but we found that the biggest outcomes that emerge from uh, implementing SEL practices are adult. Uh, the the impacts on adults are pretty immediate, and you and once you feel less stress and better wellness, like, can you give me one more strategy to try, and then another, and then another, and within a year's time, we see statistically significant improvements in adult wellness. And, and that is very reinforcing. Uh, that leads to, hey, I want to keep these things I'm doing. I want to do them permanently. And I want to make them part of who I am now. Um, so I think that, that that's what I've seen. That, and when you talk middle high school, that that is very impactful to a ch a change habits and keep those habits changed over time. Because we don't want to just do a qu quick thing and then have it disappear. A strategy, we want to make that strategy uh, you know, change the culture and change how we 
operate as people, so. I've had the opportunity to watch your videos and one of the things that really struck me in, in the work you put together recently was you do a pretty elegant job of, of drawing a bright line connection to, uh, to DEI from cell. Can, can you explain in uh, Greg Benner, 25 words or less, what is that, what is that, uh, what is that bright line connection? Yeah, so I think one of the one of the key pieces is that you know um, that we oftentimes we push people out that have social and emotional differences, um, and and I think the most what, one of the things that is powerful about DEI it's about getting adults and youth what they need and pulling people in and seeing the good in them and seeing the social and emotional strengths in them as opposed to saying, okay, we have youth with mental health challenges and it's a growing population. We don't know what to do about them. So let's push them away and send them school to prison pipeline, which is a tragic path and a common path. And, um, and, and, and that path leads to marginalization. Uh, it's inequities in our society and in our schools. And so what we are promoting is with SEL, it becomes a means by which we can accomplish DEI. It becomes a vehicle to accomplish uh, DEI and pull youth in, see the good, build competence, and build people, build healthy people. And uh, that's the greatest place a, a youth can be is a school. Uh, we, we need to be uh, champions. Uh, we call them whole child champions. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So what you're saying is if we use some of these SEL techniques, we're actually going to be doing some of the DEI work within that. Right. That's exactly what I'm saying. SEL is a means by which... Uh, we can accomplish some of the main goals of uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion because we can then, um, I think one of the biggest you know, you know, inequities we face is we marginalize people with mental health challenges or behavioral concerns or emotional issues. They're pushed away. And that's been that way for a long time. Um, and you'll see that in schools. We, we put sometimes students with special needs in a portable somewhere or to a different placement or places like this. And rather than seeing differences as strengths and ways to actually make our culture better, um, that we should celebrate differences and we should live that way. And I think SEL is a means by which we can truly accomplish that, to, to celebrate differences, pull people in and build them up. So Bowles and I together have got about a half century of educating and leading in, mostly because he's older than me, but we get there. So one of the things that we've noticed is that uh, when we just say things to educators, it doesn't help. We really have to facilitate them with the tools that they need. Um, so so uh, I understand that you've recently released a, a new online SEL training for educators. Can you tell us a little bit about that and how that might help in a system? Yeah, absolutely. I love training. I'm a teacher. That's who I am. And I think educators know that about me. They know I'm one of them. And so we developed this uh, whole educator series with that in mind. Look, I, I, I love educators and, and educators listening. I care about you. I, I, I feel your pain right now. And we developed this series to help get you some simple, doable, practical strategies that you can really, truly implement tomorrow morning um, with students that need you most. And uh, uh, we know you didn't get enough training in your teacher prep. We get it. And higher ed, those of us in higher ed have dropped the ball a little bit when it comes to preparing our educators for the real world. The real world trauma that our youth are facing, the mental health concerns they're dealing with. And, and, and sadly, accidentally, because we haven't been trained very well, we accidentally default to pushing students out, excluding. So I just want you all to know that this whole educator series is very special. 
And it's special because it's designed for educators uh, to help educators get the support we need. We need it. And uh, so I, I encourage anyone out there to please explore it and uh, use it for your whole school. And you can watch it and, you know, in like a Netflix kind of thing, binge it or a little by little watch it. And uh, I, I know you'll appreciate it. And my intent is to get you the support you need today <laughs> to help the youth that need you most. Wow, fantastic things to think about there with SEL and DEI and actually some of that overlap. Bowles, could you do us the huge favor of that uh, amazing recap that you do so well? Well, hey, thank you so much there, uh, Dr. Benner. It is uh, summary time. I didn't realize you were at UW for 15 years. That rivals my undergraduate academic career, which I refer to as the seven greatest years of my life. So big takeaway for, for me there. Had no idea we were kindred spirits in that regard. Love what you had to say about SEL and this really being our moment, exactly what we need in the world. Um, Thought-provoking definition. Uh, SEL is really basically emotional intelligence for little guys. Um, and really, do we want to create great scholars or great people? And if we have to choose uh, every single time, I think those of us with big hearts for education uh, choose the great, uh, great people thing. Never more important than what we're facing post-pandemic. Uh, and again, I think that ties back to our SEL moment. I always draw a through line. When we have these great guests, I always draw a through line to prior podcasts. I think uh, what you had to say about student voice and agency is just so critical. And gosh, in an earlier podcast, uh, what Ron Hartley from uh, uh, Franklin Pierce High School has to say about that is just spot on. And then finally, two other takeaways real quick. Um, something I've always kept in mind since I first started learning about SEL really about 15 years ago. Like you say, didn't happen in teacher prep, didn't happen in principal prep. Um, what we see as bad behavior in other people is oftentimes somebody's best attempt to communicate. And then finally, the cell journey is a practical one. It begins with a single step. I do want to just punctuate that SEL can become, uh, in some, and I'll just use it this, say it this way, it can almost become a, a behavioral vaccine in a sense to combat, to go on the offensive against ACEs. Done well across a community, it can be fluoride in the water, so to speak. Uh, to do battle against adverse childhood experiences. So if you, in your heart you say, I want to do something about how we treat our children, and I'm passionate about that, one of the greatest investments you can make is to say, we want to do SEL really, really well across our whole community. Um, just like we're having conversations, of course, about the vaccine and masks and all these things that allow us to prevent and to mitigate. Uh, same thing with social and emotional learning. It can be a prevention, a behavioral vaccine, so to speak. And that is a great investment to make. Uh, we can prevent ACEs. We can mitigate against the impacts of ACEs. And our societies need that. And if we can do that well, our health outcomes will improve as well our educational outcomes. And uh, that's so that, that's something I, I didn't mention earlier, but I think is just so important. Uh, and that's a big picture thing, of course. It's population health. One more related question. So you just dropped a whole lot of uh, you just dropped a whole lot of academia on us, Dr. Benner, from the uh, from the ivory tower. So I'm going to ask you to unpack that a little bit. So I'm I'm a cynical 28 year veteran teacher. Uh, started down the PBIS track, started the RTI track before RTI became MTSS, and we just dropped trauma informed. SEL and ACEs and DEI on top of me. Um, my mental health is suffering. We know that's the case for educators right now when we look at it. Uh, attrition is an issue. Um, so help make some coherence out of all that. How does this not just feel like one more thing for me that I can't possibly do as an educator? Just one more simple data point that educators that do 
apply SEL practices in their classrooms, we'll see an 11 percentile rank increase in youth academics. And that's an important uh, data point to share. So uh, that's a, sometimes a myth that, well, if I focus on SEL, it's going to be at the, at the expense of academics. But the reverse is true that by focusing on SEL, we will boost engagement, uh, we'll build connections, and kind of like the show Cheers, you want to go where everybody knows your name. And that's the truth, that students will want to come to school. Uh, they will want to be in your class. They will want to learn from you. And uh, that's, we can't, we can't close achievement gaps until we first close engagement gaps. And that's, that's the real truth. But to an educator like that, Eric, honestly, it's this. It's, uh, you know, in, the, in the real world, that, that they are, they're going to have 40% of their class with, uh, with trauma. And in some communities, a lot higher than that. I work with communities that have, you know, up 70% of their youth with moderate to significant trauma, and, and they weren't taught. They, they weren't taught to, to support a classroom of students with 70% of children in that class with, with moderate to significant trauma. They were taught to, you know, teach the students with minimal uh, trauma. And I guess what I'm hearing from educators is they, I need help. I don't know how to help this child right here. Help me know how to help them. And educators are good, good people. They have great hearts and they want to know how to help this child. And they, but they don't want fluff. They don't want uh, a book that written by somebody that never taught before that kind of thing, never been in a classroom. They want real, real stuff. And like, here, here's a real simple strategy you can use to support this child who's exhibiting this pattern of behavior and this child with this pattern and this child. And in that whole educator series, we get into the weeds of that. Here's how you support children that, that are leaders in your class that, that tend to get into power struggles with you. Here's how you help this child over here who shuts down and just feels like they don't want anything to do with you because that's a different pattern of behavior. So I guess what I'm saying, Eric, is just simply is this, is that our educators need help. And that sometimes that staff that's like this and shutting down is communicating something too. And it's communicating, look, teach me, help me to know what to do. And what I've seen is that same educator that's kind of shutting down can become the biggest leader in that school for SEL because they've seen the impacts on their classroom and in their practice. Uh, and I've, I've had the joyful experience many times now of educators saying, look, I've been teaching 23, 30 years. I never knew any of this stuff. You've taught me some of these simple strategies and, and my life's changed, not just my professional life, but my personal life and, and tears in their eyes and a lot of gratitude. But so these, we talk, I know this is a podcast. And I know that some of y'all believe me, some of you won't, but this is a game changer for y'all. It really is uh, your professional and personal life. And, and hope that's in your heart and you feel the truth of what I'm trying to say to you. We know that this is a politically charged uh, issue right now, particularly the issue of diversity, equity, and inclusion. And I think the way we take that distraction away uh, and move to ministering to the needs of the kids is this is for all kids. It's for each kid. It's what you would want for your kid. Uh, it's what every teacher wants for each child uh, that they serve. It's neither Democratic nor Republican. So thank you for making that connection. Well, thanks to Dr. Greg Benner for being here today. Thanks for all the good work you're doing and how hard you work to spread the, the word about both uh, SEL and DEI strategies that make a difference both for students and for educators. Remember, you can check out his new online SEL training, the whole educator series at effectiveness.org slash workshops. That's effectiveness.org slash workshops. And hey, that's the same place you can find this episode and more online at effectiveness.org. Until next time, this has been Outliers in Education. 
you'd like to find out how to gather the data you need to help drive positive change in your school or district, take a moment to visit CEE, the Center for Educational Effectiveness, at effectiveness.org. Better data, better decisions, better schools. Effectiveness.org.